0: Yes. Look at the figure. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant. Look, Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some Candy. Hawks fans, we're still buzzing from what was a very productive draft for the Hawks with five young guns joining the Brown and Gold. It's time to take a closer look at these fresh faces and what they might be able to contribute in this exciting new era for the mighty Hawks. Welcome to this draft recap edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and tis it seems like the mood has been fairly upbeat among supporters following what has been a a newsworthy couple of nights
1: for the club. Well, we got everything we asked for, didn't we? Midfielders, bit of pace... A uh, bit of a look to the future and it's highly conservative stuff from Sammy but it's something to get excited about and I can see what he's trying to do. We know the aim here and that's to rejuvenate the midfield and bringing Max Lynch in and like three guys that can win a contested ball seems fantastic.
0: It seems fair enough to take a conservative approach. I mean you have to keep in mind that These kids, they haven't necessarily played as much footy as, as say, a draft prospect normally
1: would in in other times. Well, yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, still, I would have loved to have seen a bit more from these guys, but uh, that's why I thought they'd be edging towards the South Australians and the Western Australians. But I think what they've gone for here is professionalism and desire to play footy and even desire to represent Hawthorne seems to be at the forefront of their, thought, of their mind. <laughs> yeah,
0: it seems to be a pretty key criteria this year. Uh, you know, hearing from Sammy in the days, in the aftermath of the draft, I think work ethic, but also character. Character was a big one. There was a theme that kept on cropping up time and again, not only with Mitchell, with Mark McKenzie as well. Um, this is something that they've really looked to in terms of uh, revitalizing and uh, renewing the culture around the club and setting a standard, which I think is what you should be doing at the start of a new era anyway. I like that Mitchell has already begun to make his
1: stamp in that respect. Yeah, it's important in that uh, if you're putting in a new start at a footy club, you need to get players that are going to be there for the long haul, understand it's going to take work. Hawthorne and their recruits can sometimes think, oh, I've made it, I'm at Hawthorne now, it's going to be a lot easier from here. Yeah. Uh, We've selected hard workers here who get the best out of their ability and their bodies, and uh, you can see some of them have uh, done a lot of work to get to where they are. And not necessarily, you know, they're natural footballers. They're not athletes. Uh, they're natural footballers, which is what Sammy really wants. And then I think in a couple of years he'll probably stretch himself and and go for a couple of types that probably you and I were looking forward just to get bums on seats at the G and, and things like that. Yeah, I've been found out. I'd love to know what would have happened if uh, Riccelli had been available for our pick. Do you think he would have taken him? Or? Oh, I, I, in retrospect,
0: maybe not. I think,
1: I think Ward was always the
0: guy. That's the conclusion I've come to. Let's talk about our pick seven, Josh Ward. A midfielder at 181 centimetres, 79 kilos, from the Northern Knights Vic Metro, uh, a hardworking ball magnet, Tiz. A balanced inside-outside game. A terrific triple threat, as we mentioned uh, in our preview pod. That endurance, consistency, and durability. I mean, there's a lot to like here.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the 181? The uh, <laughs> the height of the boy. We, uh, we went through a stage with Sammy Mitchell at the club where we were up against Freo in the 2013 Grand Final. They were a lot taller, and we were very... Very concerned about how much bigger they were in the midfield. Well, we all know what happened there. <laughs> I know, but he is on record at saying we need some bigger-bodied midfielders, and uh, this bloke just gets it done every week. He's, uh, you know, he, he, we're looking at accumulation and ability to read the ball off packs and also off the hands of the ruckman. We're just looking at a kid that really wants to be a footballer and has gone the right way about it. It's the accumulation and the decision
0: making and and the polish as well. Like he's just got that in spades. He's able to find the footy and use it, which you know is pretty bloody important as a midfielder. So you can see why he's so highly touted. Um, he's been hyped as round one ready, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when you've got a left foot, you, you tend to have a bigger ego, I reckon, don't you? Because you're you're less likely to miss targets and stuff like that. I don't know. They're putting your hand up for round one within oh, what is it? 12 hours of being listed, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big call. you like, you got to like the ego on the fella.
0: Well, I mean, you join the upper echelon of footballers when you're a left footer at, uh, at Hawthorne, don't you? It's a good lineage. Uh, in joining the Hawks, speaking of lineage, Josh Ward does follow in the footsteps of his great-grandfather, Alex Lee, who we uh, we mentioned last podcast as well. I thought it was a really nice touch on draft night uh, that the Hawks would ha- would hand him a number 14 Guernsey, which was the, uh, the number that Alex Ward, Back in his days in the 1930s. So, look, I don't think Scrimshaw's given that up anytime soon. Not Birch 2.0. No way. But uh, I, I thought for the, for the evening itself, it was good.
1: Did they hand it to him or did
0: he just go to the cupboard? And that's what he had. <laughs> he might have brought it from home. You know what? Actually, no, there's a good point. Uh, someone pointed out on Twitter, I, th- I think it was a uh, friend of the show, past guest, uh, Andrew Johnston. Uh, he actually pointed out that the Guernsey that Ward was wearing wasn't the 2021 edition indicating that he may well have brought it from home.
1: (laughs) Uh, Now, did he sleep in the Guernsey? That's on on the tip of everyone's tongue, Nick. Oh, like uh, Horn Francis. Like, I always knew that North
0: Melbourne players slept with the light on, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Genius. Oh,
1: that is so good.
0: (laughs) Ah, uh, look, yeah, like bless. I mean, th- these are some of the best nights of the footy calendar because you see dreams come true, and clearly Horn Francis is hyped up. And why not? Like I obviously, clearly, don't think much of the kangaroos, but you got to be happy for him. And Ward, getting back to our-, our young Hawk now, I mean, he was just so stoked. He he loves the lineage here. He loves being part of this this family club. Uh, more ways than one, of course, for him and, and the club that he supported as such a diehard supporter for so long. And now he gets the opportunity to play
1: with the guys and, and live out his dream. It's just such a wonderful thing. So the other thing that we were looking for in the last podcast was leadership. And I think it's safe to say that he, he has the ability to be a leader. Yeah, he's got it. He's got
0: that special something that you know, you you heard him talk about certain things.
1: You're like, yeah, I think he's got it. And in his footballing, he, he leads by example. You know, he's first to the ball, gets the ball out. That's what I look for in a captain. So that was the first night. Everyone was wrapped. Sammy's all smiles in the car on the way out of, uh, what is it now? Marvel. Is it still Marvel? Yeah, it's still Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we're looking at, the following evening, and we're thinking, can we get that... I forget his name now. <laughs> it's
0: Matthew Johnson. Oh, you're, you're already done with
1: him. Yeah,
0: Oh, that's over. See you later. Bye-bye. Don't care. You're done.
1: We were trying to see if Frio would do a deal where we could get him. And Do you think we should have gone harder for that?
0: No. No, no, no. It's fine. Because, I mean, Johnson was ultimately a story of uh, a guy that slid like a fair way. He wasn't expected to be available... Uh, at pick twenty one, and it does make you think, well, why is that the case? You know, and, and I, I wonder what it would have taken, because I know that Hawthorne wasn't the only club trying to do a deal. Richmond was as well, and I, I can't even recall if they were in an even better position than us. They might have had more to offer, and Freo still said no. So I look, I don't mind. it it's it, it does seem like it would have taken an extraordinary amount to make it happen. Uh, and, and I'm not into that at this draft I don't want to do that
1: And so Sammy said fine We are going to get the piece of the puzzle I've been looking for all year <laughs> We are going to get a small pressure forward Well no
0: more than that A, a crafty midfield forward hybrid Tiz Which is that, that's the most appealing part for me The elite athleticism The blistering acceleration too uh, This I think is the, the guy that we Out of our five draftees He's, he's probably closest resembles the X factor that I really like. You know I like the sexy drafter. You know I like the one that's going to be on the highlight reels. I think Sam Butler really fits that mould. And uh, he could be absolutely lethal if opposition clubs don't pay him the proper
1: respect. Yes, like he needs a lockdown defender. And it's exciting. He's a guy, being so young, that could come in play that role just by push, putting pressure on. You can You can let a guy play a few games. I would say this bloke will play the most games out of the draftees next year. I think that's a good call.
0: Yep, I'm right behind that. He He's good in that he does both things that you'd want him to do. He has the punishing scoreboard impact, and he has the punishing defensive pressure as well to make things happen. And you think about this, Tiz. Forward line brigade of Brockman, Moore, Seamus Mitchell, and Sam Butler. You to. I'm not saying they all
1: play in the same team at once, but that is a dangerous brigade down the line. Well, I just like the fact that now we're starting to get a few midfielders into this list and you can run with a lot of midfielders. These hybrid forwards, you have some time in the middle, you have some time up forward. You're always making them guess where you're going to be next. If you fall, if you come up to the ball, your teammate runs up to the forward line. Fantastic. Total football all the time. This is what we want.
0: Total Football is absolutely the catch cry here with Sam Butler. And I love that we can plug him into the midfield. It does remind me of kind of how I've been on and off using Luke Bruce for several years now. And speaking of Luke Bruce, I mean, he's obviously been a very valuable
1: mentor for the likes of Dylan Moore. I think he's just got a new apprentice. Yeah, well, I was reading in the paper on the weekend, uh, you know, they came for Bruce GWS. They came for Wingard. And Bruce basically said to uh, Sammy, I want to end my time on Hawthorne because I'm going to get that much pleasure out of the next premiership. The devotion I've put into the players, whether I'm playing it in it or not, I want to know that I had an impact on that silverware.
0: That is one of the best things in in all footy media concerning
1: Hawthorne I've read in 2021. I loved that. Amazing. And to get that kind of ethic out of players, oh, just it it just comes back in spades. That's all it does. You know, it's just... If you can engender that kind of ethos in the team and in the players, that they go the extra mile to train the blokes underneath them, that they're not seeing them as a threat to their career, that kind of stuff. It's just so good. You get 100% impact from what's on your list. And this is a spirit that prevails in a post clarko era. would have been very easy to move on. I mean,
0: what what are you thinking if, if you know, you've got three premierships in the bag you're still highly talented you've had a great career and you're like well I'm not sure if Hawthorne's going to be the club to to help me secure another piece of silverware and that is after all what we're all chasing as players you'd have to be thinking that to yourself and yet he stayed put I I think it's remarkably selfless um and it, it was very heartwarming to read that
1: so tick small forward slash midfield option done
0: also worth mentioning, there's the possibility uh, of, of getting Dan finally. I mean, we sort of had our chance, what was it, last year or a couple of years ago? I'm not sure why we didn't pounce on
1: that. I mean, if I were List manager back then, we would have had Dan by now. <laughs> it's easy to say from the cheap seats, isn't it? <laughs> it, it definitely is. But uh, this may become a resurgent theme of, uh, you know bringing family members to the club and hoping that the other one will join us as well. But we'll get back to that later.
0: (laughs) We will. Hawthorne is, after all, the family club. So we (laughs) might be establishing a pattern, (laughs) he's hoping. Anyway, we should move on from the Butler boys. (laughs) Great to have Sam. Very excited to see him in action
1: soon. Uh, We move on to uh, Connor McDonald. Yeah, so uh, Carlton were the next pick and they've been all over Connor. They've been, oh, yeah, we'll get him and he'll be great in our midfield and finally we can put good old what's-his-name in a role that he enjoys.
0: Good old what's-his-name could legit be about any one of 13 players at Carlton. <laughs> 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 uh... This draft manoeuvre actually gave rise to probably my favourite headline of the past few days. Uh, take it at pick 26. The headline read, Hawks
1: blindside bitter rivals in draft steel. So what have we got in Connor? We've got a bloke that is see ball, get ball, hurt opponent. That's basically <laughs> the level of thought he's got as he approaches the ball. Uh, we're looking at a, at a bloke that likes to be a presence around the ball. He's at home at the coalface, you could say. Uh,
0: he'll bring some much-needed grunts. He's got that very strong inside game that we're going to need uh, the ability to burst from a pack, which was uh, one of the most appealing qualities to me. No trouble finding the footy either. He averaged just under 30 touches for uh, Dan young Stingrays in his four games this year. Uh, seen as a reliable decision-maker with ball in hand. Quality clearances. Uh, he's, he's an exciting prospect as Connor McDonald.
1: And a point of difference to Ward as well. Yeah, and also defensively minded as well. He likes to tackle, likes to hurt the opponent, and I think... Mitchell is actually putting that very high on the list of what he wants at Hawthorne. He wants a physicality that he hasn't seen for a while. Yeah, well, that's
0: been the the behind-the-scenes chatter. He wants to restore that reputation of Hawthorne being a tough team, physically tough and intimidating to face. So hopefully we have a bit of that in Connor McDonald. Uh, Worth noting that against the Rebels, uh, he posted 33 touches and 12 tackles. How about that for a game? Yeah, that's a big game. That's not bad. That, in terms of his tackle count that's a big leap for his nor- for his, from his normal output but uh, look if a, kid, if a kid can do that I think you've got something there
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see um we know that Sammy brought Connor Ash into the lineup because Conan Ash can hurt people and does enjoy hurting people at times I'm not sure what <laughs> that is in him, but he does enjoy that but if uh, you know if he's selecting people like McDonald at the draft it'll be interesting to see what he does on match day does he actually pick some blokes who aren't necessarily as talented but really put their body on the line well mitchell was interviewed today at training and
0: uh the the big takeaway depending on which media outlet you were you either went straight up and down with it or you can go the sensationalist route and you could criticize mitchell for saying oh i don't know what we're doing i don't have a game plan in mind well of course he does it it's bloody november <laughs> it's the second week back at training he needs the time to work it out and he needs the time to get the mix right he needs to, to he needs a proper assessment of what he's working with and the kinds of cattle that he has and what
1: they're capable of in the system that he wants to implement so it's going to take a while i just read that uh, you know he's not interested in external opinion or external expectations they're they're building from within, and they, they reckon it's going to be slow. If it's faster than it is, good, but if it's as slow as they think it's going to be, they're prepared for it. Well, Jai
0: sarong sarong, whatever will be, will be. Oh, wow. Come on, you didn't really think I was going to leave that pun alone, did you? <laughs> Might as well be right at the start of his career.
1: So, let's see. Frio took Matthew Johnson, and then we've got a pick before them now, and we're thinking they're going to go for... Caleb Sarong's younger brother, who's actually taller. Uh, Let's just take him, right? Isn't that what Mark McKenzie and the group are going? They wouldn't make a deal with us, so let's just nab this fellow and we'll try to get Caleb in a couple of years. (laughs) That's
0: right, yeah, the family theme cropping up again. And indeed, uh, the theme of payback, (laughs) which seemed to be what we were about. Uh, Operation Payback. (laughs) Operation Payback in the 2021 draft. Uh, The amusing thing is that at the time... I think all of us as Hawthorne supporters, the entire community, saw this and went, oh, they've done Fremantle dirty here. This is brilliant. Now, reportedly, we also cut Essendon's lunch by taking him. So that's even
1: better. Oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently, they were into him. So, look, I wholeheartedly approve this call. I'm not sure if he can cut two clubs' lunch with the same pick, but good luck. Oh, I don't know. I'm into the business of upsetting multiple clubs at the draft. I mean, we did it with Conor McDonald. It wasn't just the Blues. Reportedly, there there were several clubs interested in Conor McDonald, and Hawthorne was very quiet. And as McDonald himself
1: said, a very you know, kept the cards close to the chest and just swooped in and got him. Well, that that was fascinating from Sammy about Joshua Ward when he said uh, I gave him a bit of a hard time in our final interview just to get some rumours out there that we weren't going to take him. (laughs) Which would have been great for Josh. He would have felt fabulous after that. No wonder he looks so relieved. (laughs) 4D chess, mate. It's that 4D chess. (laughs) 4D chess. Anyway, now Johnny Sarong, we really don't know what he's capable of yet. Uh, He's 192 centimetres, 88 kilos. Vic Country from Gippsland Power. Clean hands below his knees, um, which makes him versatile. This guy, apart from being fast, he could be that taller midfield option that both of us were looking for in the draft. Uh, the other thing he could be is a Jack Gunston, second, third tall in the forward line that can go forward. I'm not saying he can play as many roles as Jack, you know, full back line, half back line, wing, half forward line, full forward. But. <laughs> You know, uh, he certainly has a lot to work with. I'm not sure we've seen the output he's he's able to produce or anywhere near it. It's difficult to get a read on him because
0: to date he's been used in so many different positions. I mean, we've heard about him being used as a forward. He's been played deep defense. He's even been plugged into the midfield too. And uh, I tell you what, looking at the highlights of his midfield work, I was pretty excited. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that as much as I'm pretty high on Butler as probably the guy that, you know, excited me the most, uh, Jai Sarong's right up there. I think he's a real dark horse. And, you know, part of that is because he's raw. Part of that is because there's a bit of an unknown factor about his ceiling. But uh, I was looking at his highlights and... Yeah, I'm into it. I like this pick. And I especially like it because it feels like we're accounting for the loss of Tim O'Brien in a way. We've got another tall utility back in the club. I don't want another eight-year project, if that's okay. Totally unnecessary. (laughs) What? I'm not having a go. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I I did think, Tim O'Brien, you you and uh, Ash Brown thought the more flattering Jack Gunston. That might be more appropriate. I'm not sure. I hope so. (laughs) 13 centimetres taller than his brother, Caleb. And uh, hopefully we can
1: lure Caleb back, too, and have a nice, happy family. Oh, he's a very good player, Caleb. So... Yeah, you're right, he's natural footballer. The um the skills below his knees is is excellent to see in uh, in a bloke that's going to get fairly tall. I wouldn't suggest he stopped growing yet. So um Jai could be very very good for us. I will stop short of putting the 23 on his back as you have done.
0: Oh, I have not. <laughs> that 23 belongs to Emerson Jecker.
1: Now I was going to say that Jai Sarong and Emerson Jekka remind me of one another because Emerson was played out of position for a long time in, in his youth, and since he's gone to Box Hill and been given the freedom of of having a, a very structured role, um, you know we've seen what he's been able to do. So half the battle of coaching is letting your players know what you expect, and uh, <laughs> I think I think Jai in the right environment will Develop very quickly and with his brother as a sounding board, obviously, that's a tremendous, tremendous advantage.
0: Well, it's a, it's a happy question mark you have with Jai. I, I look forward to seeing what Hawthorne have in store for him. How do they want to use this guy? Um, that's, that's a good mystery to have. I, I look forward to seeing his development. And we had a question from Lee here uh, at Hook Talk Pod What are the chances of the Sarong brothers being united at Dingley in a few years? Gee, that's another pull for the club, isn't it? When you think about it. When you have a state-of-the-art facility, a big community hub, um, we're going to have that in our back pocket fairly soon to draw more talent.
1: I think you need to ask yourself, is Caleb a surfer? (laughs) And uh, whatever the answer is there, that's, that's generally what happens. It's very hard to give up the surfing... And footballing lifestyles.
0: We need to move on and I guess we're heading into the rookie draft now. Our final recruit from this draft period was taken at pick five in the rookie
1: draft. It is Ned Long. Yeah, so it took him look, it took him a couple of days. But after Sammy had, had that conversation with Josh and had gone, you know, is there anyone in the draft you'd like to see come to Hawthorne? <laughs> uh, I, and he said, Oh, I've got this mate. He's he's actually goes to the same school as me. We've played together a lot. Name's Ned. Oh, you've already got Ned on the list, says Sammy. What's his name? Well, it might be a long shot, but Ned Long.
0: <laughs> I really thought you were going to go for the two Neds are better
1: than one line. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> you leave you leave that stuff to me. But then you look at his highlights and you can see that he really is um, worthy of a list spot. And we're just joshing around. but uh, <laughs> oh, It's a good... That was seamless. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He can't see the join. Is that because the rookie draft wasn't televised? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's actually got some very nice highlights, and he loves kicking a goal, which is something I always like in a player, especially midfielder, a bloke that loves kicking a goal. Um, he's not—he's not quick, but he does run for ages, and he can accumulate possessions. And how many times have we seen it seen accumulate in these descriptions of players? It's—it's it's like Sammy wants blokes that like having the ball in their hands. I think that is a big tick. We've gone midfield mad this draft. You know, it, it sort of teaches me, be careful what you
0: wish for. I was all about replenishing the midfield. I didn't think they'd go this crazy.
1: Is that a, is that
0: a quote from Jager or Tom Mitchell or Shields? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, might be shaking in their boots just a little bit. Oh, good. We've taken five guys that could replace any one of us. Awesome.
1: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Better make the most of my time and win a flag while I still can. It needed to happen, you know. I, I think uh, there's some there's some other options in the side, you know, especially with rotations. Uh, I think Tom's still the best at at the foot of the ruckman, but um, Jager could go to the outside a bit more. It really lets a lot of stuff happen upfield, and perhaps we can get some more time on the ball to actually hit targets going inside fifty which is something else that Ned Long, returning to him, is quite good at. Yeah, he is. I I like this pick. I like it a lot.
0: Um, It made, you know, I joke about, for you, Matthew Johnson being a thing of the past, hit the bricks, we're done talking about him. Uh, I really feel like this pick solidified that in my mind because it made up for not getting Johnson. This is the tall, big-bodied inside mid that I was hoping we were going to get at some stage, and we finally did in this rookie draft. Uh, what to say about Ned Long to, to to wrap up a summary on him? Gritty, strong, you know, gets his hands dirty, inside mid machine, but I do like as you've mentioned his that other string to his bow. He's a guy who could have some really good scoreboard impact, which is what separates him from the pack as well. You know, uh, it was a uh, rookie me central actually mentioned that it was it's Long's aptitude forward of center. That's the big point of difference here when you're looking at guys like Matthew Johnson and Mitch Nevitt, who we're reportedly interested in as well. Um, It's not a bad guy to have resting forward. If you want to pluck him out of the midfield for a while and just give him a rest, chuck him in the forward 50,
1: see what happens. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good at at body positioning, and it's something that doesn't come quickly to young men. So if you're ahead in that, because we've watched a few tall forwards who've worked for years on their body positioning trying to get it right. And, and Ned's, Ned's ahead of the, Ned's ahead of the pack there so um, and that's how you create time and space for yourself in the 450 and that's how you manage to get those goals. So on the whole Nick uh, midfielder small forward slash midfielder, midfielder bloke who has played midfield but will probably end up playing forward or some key position and then a taller midfielder <laughs> <laughs> Variations on a theme. It's a it's an interesting draft, and of course we've got another spot, another spot or two spots available for the SPP. Yes, the supplemental selection period.
0: I guess we're just keeping that in our back pocket, just just to make sure. I mean, you you like some insurance. You you never know what's going to happen. Well, I, I think I'm I'm feeling pretty upbeat about that that draft, and also something I re- I remembered just prior to us hitting record is the fact that. Uh, of course, there's another guy that's sort of just faded from our minds because obviously it's the off-season, it's easy to happen when you've got a recruit that was announced way earlier than the draft, uh, Finn O'Hara. Uh,
1: yeah, so we brought in another Finn and another Connor. Good point.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying that suddenly it just the future looks bright and it, it's just filled with possibilities. I like the options that we have in front of us and they're exciting. Like, I I know that Sam and and Mark McKenzie, they talked about not necessarily feeling uh, by position. Uh, They went more by talent and character and ethic and that kind of thing. But uh, I think we came
1: away from this little off-season period with what we needed. That's a massive plus. So in the absence of data, they went for the unquantifiable. It's an interesting approach. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. We had some questions on
0: uh, Ned Long I want to get to, actually. Uh, One from Aiden here. At Hook Talk Pod from Aiden. Since Ward and Long already have at least seven years of chemistry uh, going by the 2015 Premier's photo of them together, would it make more sense for them to debut
1: together next season? Oh, that'd be a bit of fun. Like, to be honest, all this romanticism about him, you know, Barracking for the footy club and ending up at the footy club and how many players barracked for the football club and ended up at the footy club. It's just making me feel worse about not playing for Hawthorne. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you were riding right with a shot, weren't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I could have... Only I'd put my hand up high. I don't know.
0: Anyway... Um, we had a question here from... Uh, although we probably should answer Aiden's question. Look, uh, the romanticism of it is is good in the off-season, but I think once you get to the real business... End of things, and you actually get the season underway. um Whatever mixes best, I, I wouldn't be playing them together just for the sake of it. Uh, it's you know you've had an all, a whole off season to make more friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? You mix with the other guys just fine. I don't need them debuting together. If they do. Fantastic story, but I, that, I'm a sentimental guy, and even I don't need that in my life. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever happens. And we had this question from the one and only Dancing Bear, uh,
1: Ned Long, steal of 2021 or steal of the century? I reckon I reckon he actually might be a steal. I, I see lots of talent in the boy that does not... It was totally unrecognised by a number of clubs. For him to go in the rookie draft, I'm quite excited that we've given up so little for him. And... Um, yeah, he's a little bit raw, but the finishing, I I just like. Yeah,
0: there's a lot to like with Ned Long, and I I would agree with that. I do think it's a steal. Time will tell just how big of a steal it is. We move on to some more miscellaneous questions now. This one from Rick at Hawk Talk Pod. What are your thoughts on overlooking Tyler Songzi?
1: Um, could come back to hurt us. Maybe not. Highly talented, highly rated, but also the knocks on him are injuries. Um the lack of preparedness in the way he goes about football and also, you know, variability in his output, which happens with really talented young men, you know, especially in times like this. So uh, if Richmond can get the best out of him, well, that's one on us because we had had his talent displayed to us right under our noses. But we've gone for character and work ethic and and, um, durability and basically a higher, um, what do you say, floor to output than Sonsi currently has yeah this is stuff that uh, you know I've
0: got a bit of an inside word about but i don't want to go into it too deeply because it's going to sound like a character assassination of i mean how old is he it's just it's not very becoming but, but
1: I, I totally empathize with tyler sonsie in the story you're about to tell well <laughs> in having a, a lot of skill and in that he was he was taken to task for being overly showy and, and trying to be a little bit look at me but mate if i'm debuting for box hill and i'm trying to get on a list you're not going to give it to the first option. You're going to show them what you can do, right?
0: You're basically, therefore, a strong advocate for the uh, razzle and or dazzle.
1: Well, I'm just saying, the as in that situation, I would definitely be making myself noticed. Yeah, look, if, you chase, if you're chasing your dream, you've got to do what you've got to do. But I
0: don't think it vibed as well as we might have expected a while back. I mean, we were talking up Tyler Sonzie, uh, uh throughout the year it's the kind of display that you thought might hold him in really good stead to be picked by Hawthorne. But I think it might've, the chatter is that it might've had the opposite effect. It was a bit of a detriment and combined with general consistency, injury woes. Um, and like, and as we've emphasized, when you start looking at things like work ethic and um, professionalism and all that sort of thing, I, I think overlooking him you start to build a picture that where overlooking him makes sense for Hawthorne and look Richmond could have a, an absolute steal um, they could do really well with him but by the sounds of it he was more of a project than Mitchell was willing to undertake that's the read I get on it
1: um, but there you go yeah so um, good luck to him and uh, I enjoyed watching him on the day and I would have liked him in Hawthorne colours as well but you know We've gone for a more conservative draft.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Justin asks us uh, at Hook Talk Pod, how's the Clarkrow midfield going to be with Mitch's new brigade? Because it's only a matter of time before Clarkrow's mids are phased out with the likes of Ward, McDonald, Long, Newcomb, Warple,
1: and McGuinness all coming through and staking their claim. Yeah, if we can get a lovely little midfield brigade rolling along, that'll be terrific. But don't think that Mitchell and O'Meara are going to give up, you know. Put up the white flag. No, they're not
0: about to roll over and surrender their spots to the team. This is good, healthy competition. I welcome it. I look forward to seeing the changing landscape at Hawthorne. This is uh, this is a good
1: kick up the pants. And I think the midfield's going to be expanded too. I, I think we've been too small a midfield brigade for a while. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's what what I'm all about. And it started with the likes of, uh, you know, you bring Newcomb into the fold and then adding Con and Ash just to have options. That is so important. And this is so different to how I've felt about Hawthorne for a long time. I'm I'm excited about what we can do with the mids. We're so much more flexible now, um, which is... How it should have been quite a long time ago, but I'm glad we've finally caught up. Anyway, we move on to uh, Dino's question. Uh, lots made of Sammy's attacking-style game plan. Thoughts on how he may have added to the unsociable and intimidating presence he also wants to establish. For me, Sicily DGB, Cozzy could use some reinforcements.
1: Yeah, so I think Max Lynch likes to push his weight around, but if you're recruiting um, blokes like McDonald uh, and you're valuing that, it's... Basically, all the players are capable. The ability to enforce your physicality into the contest is something that we haven't seen regularly. Like, it happens from time to time. But I think Sammy's going to be definitely inciting them to do so. They're all capable.
0: Mark at Hawk Talk Pod. who's going to be Mitch's pet? As in, does everything asked, clean cut, sits up the front of the class, and who will be the black sheep, rocks up late to training, has a bit of mongrel and X-Factor on the field? Uh, well, the
1: first one's Ward. Oh, the first one is absolutely Ward. That's the easiest answer ever. Yes, he has a brown and gold halo that <laughs> follows him around. As for the second
0: guy, I, I, I feel like this is an easy trap to fall into, but... There's something a little bit cheeky about Sam Butler, I think. Oh, do <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I as soon as I read, you know, Rocks Up Late to Training, Bit of Mongrel, X Factor, I thought, I reckon that's our uh, one of our latest
1: draftees. See, I, I don't think any of those that have been recruited on character are rocking up late to training, Nick. No, <laughs> no, well, well, that's the thing. When I read the question, I thought,
0: if this is the case for any of them, it's going to be stamped out quick smart. <laughs> Sam Mitchell's not going to put up with any guff. Yeah, it's probably Finn, to be honest. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Um, Teddy at Talk Pod, was it a mistake winning all those games at the end of the season when it meant nothing? Did it stop us from recruiting players that we wanted? Was it worth it?
1: <sighs> no. No, it was not worth it. I wasn't even there. So not worth it at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I've been thinking a lot about that lately. I I'm desperate to get back to some footy. It kind of occurred to me today before recording just how far away the season is, and it made me a bit sad because I'm so... It just feels like forever since we were all at a game of football. Yeah, it is a long way. And this last question here from Jeremy. Uh, It's early, but would love to hear your predictions for when the new lads will play next year. With Mitchell, Warple, O'Meara seemingly entrenched in the midfield, where do the recruits fit in? I wouldn't be surprised if Ward and Butler play round
1: one. Uh, Well, yeah, for a troubled position like... Small pressure forward, I think. Round one is really doable for Butler. We might see Ward unveiled in the first game at the MCG. That could be fun. The fixture's not long.
0: Yeah, no, the fixture will be out very soon. Uh, we'll, we'll cover that in a, in a future episode. One of the last ones for the year, mind you, before we take a bit of a break. Uh, I absolutely see Ward as in contention for being round one. And I think, uh, yeah, but Butler's a good prediction. It's solid because the state of play with small forwards at Hawthorne remains the same. And I think, you know, the delisting of Hanrahan kind of ties into that. It's still in flux. We're still trying to find the guy, you know, and and honestly, at the moment, seems like Tyler Brockman is in the, you know, in the box seat. It seems like he's in pole position to be the guy, that small forward we've been hunting, but... um, you yeah, know It's still in flux We'll keep on working it out There's absolutely a spot for Sam Butler I think it really just depends on Who shows up in the off season, Who puts in, who stakes their claim I mean it did happen last year Tyler Brockman did it A different kind of player of course But Jacob Kaczynski sure as hell did it Rocks up to Arden Street and boots six Yeah you're going to pick him
1: <laughs> So anything can happen Oh it's exciting Nick And uh, that round one game If we're in attendance that'll be great Seeing the young young boys run out, and even Box Hill will be better. I remember thinking, I remember thinking at the time, this is just what the Proctor ordered, you know, oh, the, the senior coach geez. at Box Hill, uh, because they they pretty much didn't have a midfield by the end of the year. <laughs> they were just uh, anyway. So no Ruckman, but like we said, the SPP is uh no, the No, no, of, no, no, it's the SSP. Oh yes, sorry. Yeah, not
0: Sam Pell, Pepper. And just to clarify for everyone, the SPC is the baked
1: beans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We better wrap up. Now, if you've enjoyed our draft recap special, why not shout it from a mountaintop? Or you could take the easier route and just hop on Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review our show. Uh, It really helps, actually, to put the word out to fellow Hawkers uh, to check out our show. They can find it and uh, have a good old listen. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. We're two or three followers off another major milestone so uh hey we might have already reached it mid-recording i'm not sure but you can jump on there and help us out if you haven't already help us to continue to build this magnificent community of hawks fans uh you can do so on our facebook page as well join our facebook family at facebook.com slash hawk talk pod and we're on instagram of course uh we have some merch on Redbubble. uh we'll be uploading some new designs they'll be in the works so keep an eye out for that we'll plug them on all our social media channels and uh look if you really love what we do and the work that we put into the podcast, which is a, a sizable amount, and you feel like slinging us a little bit of coin for our troubles, you can do so. Head to Patreon. That's uh, that's where you need to go. You can subscribe at any tier you like. Most people like the level with all the bonus content, such as the uh, Silk Celebration Special, which will finally, finally come out this week. Uh, all the details are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. Uh, people might be wondering, besides the bonus episodes... What's next for the Hawk Talk podcast? What do we
1: have coming up? We have a political edition of the Hawthorne Podcast. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that formal. No, we'll be able to celebrate the career of one Andy Gowers, and he's going to give us some insight into the Hawthorne board and and what's going on there and, and how he sees the club moving forward into the future. I have really enjoyed listening to him speak
0: on the, uh, the Hawks for Change campaign get-togethers, the rallies. So... uh this is going to be massive, and of, of course, a um, you know, massive star of the club on field, amazing work off field, and now, obviously, everything with Hawks for Change. There's so much to talk about with Andy Gowers. This is an interview that uh, we are both really very much looking forward to, so I can't wait for that, and I'm sure our listeners will love it too. Hugely devoted to Hawthorne. I'm... Excited And of course You mentioned it before The fixture will be coming out uh, And related to Andy Gowers Actually the AGM we'll, we'll have to talk about that Before the end of the year too uh, We are winding down For 2021 But still a fair bit to enjoy For listeners out there So
1: I uh, look forward to that One final question Nick If you were drafted to Hawthorne And they asked you Is there anybody that- <laughs> <laughs> Who are you picking? Where did you play again you junior footy? fullback
0: no you didn't yeah i did no way you're not a fullback i reckon even the listeners even the rusted on listeners of this show would never pick that you're a fullback i am a dirty (laughs) fullback (laughs) okay well i believe that can can you name where i played was it uh forward pocket pressure forward nick probably a bit wider than the forward pocket what wing Uh, a bit wider than that No, I've I've played 100 games in junior footy. Some of them were okay, but towards the end, maybe not too flash. What was your favourite position? (laughs) My favourite position was probably, I I remember before uh, everyone got their skates on with puberty and their adolescence, back in under eights and nines and tens, I was a forward and I dominated. (laughs) I was legit good. (laughs) I was (laughs) at my best when it didn't matter. Kind of like the Geelong Football Club. Well...
1: I kicked two goals from full back. Well, aren't you just a regular Benny Stratton? No, no, One was one had a lot of free kicks involved. <laughs> like I said, I was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a bit of a Sam Mitchell Barry Hall thing. Yeah, three fifty
0: yeah. metre penalties.
1: Oh, I tell you what, I lined up from like the half back flank for that goal. It was it was longer than Ben Brown's run up. I tell you,
0: <laughs> we'll leave it there. This has been another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, winding down as we say for 2021. There's still a couple of really exciting episodes to come, so look out for those. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.